0: Hello, my name is Brandy Walker. Welcome to Throwing Light. This is episode 55 What You Believe, part four Shifting Your Energy When You're in a Funk. <laughs> Welcome. I am delighted to be here. I'm delighted to be talking to you. Um, I am recording this in between appointments, uh, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, so I don't have a whole lot of time, but I did want to talk to you this week about this topic that I've been thinking about Uh, for the last couple of weeks because I've had some funky energy and I've had to shift out of it and it's kind of like it sucks when you're in it. It's like better when you get out. Before we dive in I did want to say I have been dreaming of doing this workshop and originally I thought it would be like an in-person thing but I'm getting up there in pregnancy weeks, and so I decided, you know what, I'll just make it online, and then anybody who wants to can come. It's a workshop or a seminar on intergenerational trauma and modalities specifically like energy psychology, so some of this stuff I've been talking about in this series, um, that can provide really rapid healing, also past life regression, um, which is essentially, for our purposes, self-hypnosis. What is so interesting about this is, you know, so in the first episode of this series, I talked about how 95% of our lives are run by the subconscious, right? So um, only 5% of the time are we in like our our conscious mind. The rest is kind of like auto-programming what we have been taught and programmed to believe. And we get the vast majority of those programs from the time we're zero to six. So what happens is, I mean, generational trauma is just people living their lives and not having the tools to effectively heal themselves and their family, right? So, um, I have been dreaming about doing this workshop because what happens, I think, is we, we get these, you know, we say, oh my God, I'm becoming my mother. Oh my God, I'm becoming my father. And we start to freak out. And then we see, Our stuff, our insecurities, our programming in our kids, and it freaks us out and we spiral guilt, shame, like all of that stuff, right? And we don't know what to do about it. It's just like, it just happens. And I think that the things that I'm learning through energy psychology, through doing research for this series is that you know healing is possible healing is possible on like a on a DIY level and that doesn't mean you shouldn't go to a therapist and I won't be teaching this workshop from a therapist I I mean I am a therapist but not this is not like me providing therapy to you this is like me sharing the information that I have and helping you to reprogram yourself so that you can go and then deprogram or reprogram your kids and use these modalities. Um, A lot of them are really simple and you don't need a master's degree to do them, but yet they work. So more information will be coming soon. If you're interested in that, stay tuned. It'll probably be sometime mid-August. And I'll have more details maybe in the next couple of weeks. Um we are in the midst of a lot of transitions with my new job, and we're moving this month, and um then I'm having a baby in September. So <laughs> I was like, I think August is the only month that I could do this, and it'll be like a long, maybe a long day, um, a couple hours on a Saturday or a Sunday, all online. I may invite a couple of special guests who are trained in some of these energy modalities or past life regression stuff. So that's what's going on with Throwing Light and us. And I hope that if this is something that you're you're listening, you're like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I want. I hope you'll come with us. Join us. Okay, so... Like I said, I don't have a lot of time, (laughs) Um, so we're going to dive right in now. So shifting your energy when you're in a funk. I just recently was interviewed for a podcast and we talked about how triggers can become opportunities for healing, and I was listening to Amanda Flacker. She has loads of YouTube resources out there. And she was talking about how your triggers, negative triggers, can kind of quantum leap you into the, the next level of your evolution, if you allow them to. But you have to be willing to like go there. And I'm not going to go all into what she said. Some of what she said was... Instead of reacting, and I think this is kind of the most important takeaway, and I'll link that YouTube video in the show notes, but when we're triggered, she said we are triggered um, and the fear comes up because we don't feel safe. All triggers, all negative triggers are a sense that we're not safe. And so if we're not safe, then we have to react and we have to attack (laughs) essentially the person who's triggering us, whether or not. It's their fault that whatever is happening is happening. Usually, it's not our physical body that we're scared of. It's a programming thing, right? So we're afraid that for whatever reason, for whatever we've been taught, whatever, whatever our beliefs are, they're being threatened. So instead of reacting, if you can unplug from the situation and like go to the bathroom or take a walk or take a deep breath, even if you can't even leave the room, but just like take a moment to come back to yourself and begin to explore. Okay. What is going on here? She says to ask the question, what's so bad, like, so what's going on? And then "So what's so bad about that and allow your subconscious programming to, honestly share what is so bad about that. And you may find that it's not so bad. (laughs) Um, and then you want to get to a place where you can respond rather than react. And I highly recommend listening to her YouTube. She goes much more in depth, but, um, I think just doing the inner work and, and I don't always do that very well. I'm a reactor. So, (laughs) um, When something triggers me, I fly into action and stopping myself and pausing and meditating or doing EFT. EFT has been like super helpful in these situations for me. What am I believing and what is kind of the deeper meaning? What does that say about me? And so that's kind of one way when we're triggered that we can, we can shift out of that and use it to further our growth rather than spiraling down um, and attacking. And one thing she said that was like really powerful is, you know, coming from this perspective of we are one, like the universe, all of us are kind of like one living, breathing organism Anytime you attack or reject or dominate or suppress another person, you're doing it to yourself or the flip side, you know, anytime you're doing it to yourself, you're doing it to another person. And I think that's so profound and important and it really, it comes with a warning Um, I don't know if that's the right word, but it comes with a sense of it's important that we are careful with our words to each other. So that's kind of the first shifting, energy shifting thing that you can do. And that's immediate. Like if stuff is like, if shit is hitting the fan, then you want to go in that direction. I think that there is another way that can just feel more like low-grade despair, Um, just kind of bummed out. You don't have any motivation to do really anything. And I was listening to Rob Bell's latest podcast, which would have come out, I'm recording this on a Monday, so it came out today. You're going to received this as early as Tuesday, uh, the 25th of June. And, um, it was simply called Kentucky Here We Come, but he was talking about, he's headed to like the next stop on his tour. He was talking about like, to get to those mountaintop moments, you have to go through the slog. Like everybody has like whatever their slog is, right? Everybody has their own mountaintop moments, but everybody else, everybody also has the crap <laughs> that just is paying the bills, you know, taking the kids to the doctors. Um, I've had a lot of that lately, taking myself to the doctor, um, decluttering, cleaning, you know, preparing as we prepare to move, as we as I prepare to have this baby, um, the paperwork that comes along with, like you could say the mountaintop moments are the holy, it feels holy when I get to go in and work with a client, but then there's all this paperwork that does not feel very holy. (laughs) It feels kind of um, like a drudge. And um, so his, the whole episode, and I haven't finished it yet, but was about how those mundane moments are also sacred. And the ritual is what makes them sacred. So when we, you know, when we get up, when we make breakfast for our kids, when we, you know, um, go about, like, grooming ourselves in the morning, doing what, what it is we do, like, all of those moments can be profoundly meaningful and holy if we have an awareness that they're profoundly meaningful and holy and so he didn't use the word mindfulness, but someone like Bruce Lipton, who I've mentioned a couple times in this series, that's what he would use. Like that's, that's how we get there, right? It's an awareness of the, I think Joe Dispenza calls it the ever, the essential present moment or something like that. But it's just that like, like I remember when my oldest was younger. So they would have been about eight maybe. And I was taking them to the library and we walked in and kind of, and I kind of made a beeline for the kids section and I was going to let them pick out a book or two. And they stopped me and said, mommy, look at this. And it was a fish tank. And I went over and normally I think I would be like, okay, yeah, that's great, honey. But for whatever reason, in this moment, I just stopped and looked at it. And I was able, I felt like I was able to see it through their eyes with the wonder that comes with childhood. And I mean, fish are beautiful. I have a couple of friends who are like really big fish fans. (laughs) Um, and, And I got it in that moment. And just staring at the the water and the beauty and the you know they almost like glow and it was just so peaceful and when i think of presence when i think of mindfulness that's what comes to mind is that moment where i was just staring at a fish tank with my kid but god was in that space right and it was holy so i think that's a really powerful way to shift out of a funk when you're, when you find yourself in one. It takes practice. It's not something that we're just going to be able to do necessarily immediately. And especially if you are facing a chronic illness or if you have, you know, um, like loved ones who are not doing well, or if you're not doing well yourself, like Those tiny moments um, where you're just enjoying, um, you know, a meal and you're watching your dog play with their toy, Um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be huge. And I think the point is that it's not huge, but it's like when everything feels like it's just heavy and it's just really, really hard taking a moment to like, let go of it all and just be where you are. So right now I'm in a very cluttered closet (laughs) that is my office. And I'm talking to you about the holiness of paying the bills. That's beautiful. That's such a beautiful place to be right. Right now you might be driving, you know, to pick up your kid, you might be commuting home, you might be doing the dishes you might be going for a run, and those moments are remarkable if you allow them to be remarkable so the last kind of thing you know I talked a little bit about this what is your we talked last week about what is your body trying to communicate so I am a doer. <laughs> I am a get overwhelmed by my to-do list, have way too much on my plate kind of person. And, um, so I found that my issue is not, I don't necessarily get depressed very often, but what I do get is anxious. Um, I have had panic attacks before I get super overwhelmed and problems feel like, they're unsolvable. I share the the last thing because I think that everybody's kind of different in the way that they process their life. And I think there's some takeaways from all of the different kinds of ways to shift your energy, whether it's an immediate trigger or getting out of a heaviness or relieving anxiety. And the two ways that I found that have most helped me, aside from, like I said, EFT has been amazing. Um, but when I'm in a funk, when I'm in a space of overwhelm, I have to either A, get moving physically, which being pregnant, that means different things than it did when I wasn't pregnant. I think for a lot of people that's getting out in nature, and I have not done that very often. Honestly, the biggest way to reset for me is to take a break, is to allow myself to unplug from all of the stuff I have to do. And, and I don't talk very much about Sabbath. Um, Rob Bell actually talks a lot about Sabbath and the importance of that rhythm. And I think Sabbath is meaningful whether you have a specific religious practice or not. Um, I think that we were designed to rest and that we were designed to trust that if we take a break, the world will not crumble. And I think that it's actually very arrogant, and I say this as a person who almost never takes a break, to believe that the world (laughs) will crumble, to believe that we can't take a break because there's too much to do. And... So this is actually one that I'm not very good at taking my own advice. I do take bubble baths, or not really bubble baths, I take like Epsom salt baths, and that's been really helpful for me to unplug, and every morning is like a reset for me, so I try to wake up with enough time that I can slowly drink coffee and meditate and not have to rush to the next thing. Right off the bat, because I know once I get going, I won't stop until it's time to go to bed. And that's just my personality and also season of life as we're preparing to move. But, um, yeah, so these things have helped me, especially when I actually practice them. (laughs) Um, And so I wanted to share them with you. It goes back to listening to your body listening to the still small voice inside of you, um, which I believe we all are one. I believe we're all a piece of the divine. So I believe that still small voice is you and it is God. And if you listen, there's so much wisdom available to you. Yeah. So I guess that's, I guess we're good. I guess that's it. I spoke a little bit longer than I had planned, but that's okay. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the Throwing Light tribe. Uh, Namaste. Thank you for listening. I so appreciate your ears. If you like what you heard there are a couple of ways that you can support this podcast and help build momentum. First, you can share it with a friend. Second, you can leave a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're listening through. And third, you can support Throwing Light on Patreon and get cool shit, including a shout out on the podcast. Thank you again. I hope you have an unexpectedly amazing day.